0: All right. We got stuff. Always got stuff. Praise the Lord. I've got a couple ways to start this morning. So it's always a little bit of a problem for me to get started. I'm not I'm not one on I'm not big on holidays and trying to, you know, make the gospel uh appropriate to our time however I was uh, you know Nash shared a little bit about independence day and uh, I was watching some TV the other day about the history channel and the revolution and I was watching it and if you didn't know you wouldn't know they were talking about this country um you know George Washington and all the sacrifices and things they made and I think the tea party was over a tax of two cents or something like that um we're a little worse off today. <laughs> but as we were talking about, there's a natural course to life. I mean, even those people that are secular or, you know, not, not necessarily born again or Christians understand that things have a tendency to backslide, they just do. Um, and so in, in Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 11. It's important to remember what we're called to, how we're called, and what our purpose and vision is. Because if things, if the, well, let me just read it, in Psalms 11, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And again, you know, looking at, you know, the whole thing especially, you know, it's Independence Day, 4th of July and everything. If the foundations are removed, everything else fails. Your, Your purpose fails, your vision fails, where you think you're going fails because it's the foundational truths. It's the principles, it's the teachings that keep you moving correctly. If those things are forsaken then very quickly can we go astray. And I believe that's correct in our own lives as well, in the church and in the kingdom. And we're talking about the kingdom of God coming here on earth as it is in heaven. And um, this week I had an opportunity to talk to a few people and I noticed something that, that came to my mind pretty evidently. I want to see... And in regards to what we're talking, we've been talking generally about warfare. And I believe we don't... There's certain things that we have not, I mean, not all all of us probably, in one manner or another, but in talking particularly, I realize that there's some certain things that we just have not come to really understand. Now, when I mean by understanding, I mean they're not grasped, they're not practiced, they're not seen as something important in our life and they're not principles that are woven as a part of the fabric of my life. Therefore they are somewhat like maybe a teaching but in the real translation of them I don't translate them into my life that they bring an effect or a ruddering effect that steer me in a course of life when all other things are going like this. That's, when, that's why Jesus said in, in Matthew 7 he says you know he that here's my word and does it, is like unto a wise man who builds his house upon the rock. And what happens? There's storms come and things like that, but his house remains. Now, in life, there is tribulation, there's temptation, there's sin, there's all kinds of things that come against us. But there are certain things, really the Word of God, that is meant to keep us and walking with Him and in Him and that His purpose would be fulfilled in our lives. So I believe that when we come to the Word of God, there's certain things that need to be understood, but then they need to be practiced. Because, again, if you don't practice them, they don't become woven into your life, it's kind of like building a house. If the foundation is not there, pretty soon, no matter what, it's going to collapse. Or if this is not there, it's going to not be able to take the weight of it. So I believe that, and again, in warfare, I don't think we really understand the nature of warfare. I think we'd say, yes, there's a warfare and there's a devil. But when warfare actually comes into my brain, because that's mostly where the warfare is. Corinthians talks about that, you know, we, we are cast down vain imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I think many times when we are assaulted with warfare because we have not studied the word of God now let's turn let's turn our, let's turn our Bibles to 1st Timothy 1st Timothy chapter 2 is it chapter 2 that's not the one that I wanted maybe it's 2nd Timothy it must be 2nd Timothy Yes, Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Actually allowing... See, David talks about the Word being a light unto his path, more necessary than his daily food. We understand that the Word of God is given to us to illuminate our life, to give us the truth, to reveal unto us Jesus Christ, to reveal unto us God's ways. But unless we practice that and actually weave these concepts into my life, they need to be like the Word of God and actually practicing the Word of God does not remove us from temptation, does not remove us from warfare, but equips us to deal with them. Now, if these things are not continually woven into our life, then we will find ourselves hearing things, but we do not practice the Word, and then when warfare comes, we don't properly discern what the warfare is because the word of god has not become more necessary than what i see now so it, the word of god needs to be practiced that's why the bible talks about in the taking on the weapons the shield of faith the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit these are things meant to war the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal in corinthians they're not according to what you see. They're not according to what you think. We cannot rely on ourselves, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, those strongholds are here and they need to be torn down by practicing the word of God. But many times, like I said, I, I, I don't think we really understand that there is a real traitor in our midst and it's you. And there's things that, that rise up in us that seem to be so correct but we don't understand that's the warfare. See, the warfare, and, and we can make justification because I see these things, I can reason these things, but it's in those things that we need to war against because God has got another purpose. And this is why the Word of God is given. Now, again, a th- Hebrews talks about that the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. For what reason? Well, the warfare mostly is eter- internal. It's for the dividing of and the piercing of sunder of our thoughts and intents of our hearts, to the dividing of the soul. Many times we do not understand that the warfare is really in here. And the Word of God is meant to cut and divide so I can see. well, yes, this this is a wicked area of my heart. This is not leading me towards God. This is what the Word of God says. Even though this looks like a good fruit to eat, good tree to eat, this is what God says. And if all along our life we're not weaving those things in our life, those principles then pretty soon the natural mind just takes over. We go back to being worse off than when we were under Britain. See, now, there's principles that should keep us, and they need to be practiced until they are things that in the midst of warfare. That's why training is so important in the military. They learn how to endure hardness as a good soldier, so killing becomes second nature. Don, Don said something the other day in the Wednesday night meeting. It's not natural for us to serve God. And just like in the military, it's, it's not natural to get out of the trenches and attack in a machine gun nest. I would think, who would do such a thing? But by the thousands, they come. Why? Because they hate life? No. Because they're cra- no, because they've been trained to do something that's unnatural. But if we rely only on the natural... When the sergeant says, when someone says, fix bayonets and go over the top, I ain't going. You go first, that's too dangerous. And now if we translate that, and I think the problem is many times we don't really translate the stories. Again, I'm saying, why do we tell these stories? Because they're truth. And if we don't tell the stories to me and translate them into my life, I've got a bunch of stories. But when push comes to shove, I'm not going after Goliath. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not waiting around for, to, to get a bride from my father's house. I'm going over here to Canaan, Esau, picking out a woman. He didn't follow the principles that he was taught. And so slowly, slowly served, sold his birthright, marries a Canaanite woman, goes away, goes away, and fo- so forth and so on. These things have to be translated in our life to say, oh, that's what needs to take place. So as we're hearing these stories... They need to be saying, oh, that's for me. There's something that trans- I need to translate that into my life so it's actually producing fruit. Now, see, the, the, the word for it, we talk, get to instruction, but in, when we get to Proverbs, instruction. See, instruction is not meant to save you, instruction is meant for you to produce to have things produce in your life. Now, one of the first things that God says in the garden is what? Be fruitful and multiply. I believe that's still something in the heart of God. Make disciples after yourself. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, train up your children. Increase, all those wonderful things. Well, in order to do that, I need to follow instruction. We need to have... God seems to like productivity the one who had five talents brought five more he said that's great the one that had three talents that's great the one who did nothing he wasn't happy with at all to say the least so following instruction is meant to produce in our lives fulfilling the will of God meant to glorify God we should be producing the way we produce is to follow instruction This is the way you take apart your gun. This is the way you fix bananas. This is the way you kill. This is the way... And pretty soon, if I'm doing that all the time, my natural reaction is right there. It's not like, I may not want to do it. I may fail at doing it. I may... But it will be done. See, And isn't that the prayer of the Jesus? Your will be done. But if we do not put on the Word of God and the heart and the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ... I then am reduced to only having to be like a natural person and not really walking in the revelation of this word, but limited just to myself. And then when I hear stories, I, I just don't get the meaning of them. It's different. Than, you know, these things have to be practiced. So in 2 in, uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I think there's a place to where we study the Word of God and rightly divide it. See, there's a place to rightly like... See, a lot of times we just kind of like throw out Scriptures and we use Scriptures for our own destruction. No, I need to like get the mind of God and rightly divide and say, oh, this is what God is saying so that I'm not ashamed. Now, where is that other Scripture? We'll get to that. So as we need to be in the Word of God, but like discerning and saying, okay, get the heart of God for these things. Otherwise, when things come up in our life, like I said, the reality of like what God is saying and the reality of my life, there's a disconnect. And if that's there, then we, we, cannot, we cannot move on. I think it's in Hebrews what I'm looking for. Yes, Hebrews chapter 4. Chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Do so we want to study to show, we want to study the Word of God to show that you know, we're acceptable God's acceptance in our lives. Now Hebrews kind of mentions the same kind of a thing, Hebrews chapter five. in verse 11. Now, let's start in verse 12. For when, for when for when, for the time, you ought to be teachers, basically saying, you, you ought to be mature by this time. You ought to have some things down in your life. We have need to be taught again. There's some certain things, again, like I'm saying, that I think they didn't grasp, they were not able to practice, and therefore it always kept them from really going on to fulfill what God had for them. So it's like not like they haven't heard it. They just didn't let it weave into their life and say, now the way that's woven into our life says, well, is, you, you ought to be teaching these things. Now, the reason I'm teaching them is because I'm doing them. I'm living them. I'm seeing them. If we, if we, and again, it's by the foolishness of preaching. It's by the foolishness of speaking the word that faith comes. And if we're not speaking it, there's probably a good reason we're probably not doing it and vice versa. And therefore, these principles, the foundations be removed. Well, then I guess this can happen. No, there are certain things that will cost you everything but they're the truth. The reason we, we talk these stories is because they are truth. Therefore, I must practice them and therefore, I must teach them. so says, on the time you ought to be mature or be teaching these things, you need to be reminded of them again or be taught again, which is the first principles of the oracle of God. For, and, are be, and are become... principles of the oracle of God and are become such as need milk and not of strong meat. Again, you're kind of like I know, you know, just a little little shaky. There's time to have milk, and that's a good thing. But really what God is saying is, I want you to grow up. I want you to preach the gospel into all the world. I want you to be entering into the warfare. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of God and is a babe. But strong meat belongs to those that are full age, even those who by reason of use have exercised them to discern both good and evil. There's that discerning of the Word of God. There's the showing there's this studying to show ourselves approved unto God a workman that needs not to be ashamed why because he's practicing some things and in that practicing of doing the work he's able to divide what is the what is the will of God and therefore he's become stronger and he's becoming mature and no longer just a babe needed to be giving milk toast talked to like a baby he's able to hear the story got it Every time I gotta go over the top, the sergeant doesn't have to put my backpack on. Doesn't have to explain to me that the Germans are bad. I'm only using that as an analogy. Doesn't have to explain to me you better do this. I've got it. The word charge means all these things. The word preach the gospel means all these things. The word when I hear means all these things. I muster all my training and I do it. A babe is not I forgot to go potty. What does the do mean? I don't know what. No, no, no. He's saying, that you can be a babe and God will love. but that's not what God has for us. So if we have all these kind of funny things going on in our life, and when we hear the, the voice of the Lord, we go, we don't know what that means. I don't know if I can do it. Because we have not been practicing or exercising having their senses. See, my senses need to be exercised sometimes we don't like to talk about senses or emotions and that. But see, I need to actually exercise my senses to be desensitized. So I'm exercising all through this thing, and that's what David said. The lion came, and I exercised. Killed that lion. Bear came, I exercised. And so Goliath was just the next exercise. But if it now, if all along the line, David was... He could have exercised his self the other way. I don't know, I man. I, that lion looks pretty and Goliath would have been another well, I don't know I, depends on where we give ourselves to do we let the word of God actually conform me cut me change me am i studying that or do i let my emotions rule my life and like i'm saying many times i don't believe we i don't think we understand the nature of warfare the nature of warfare now i'm going to keep saying it so let's let's turn to a, a few places here James and then we'll hopefully tie all this together in some reasonable fashion. James chapter 4. You have an enemy, a traitor, and it's your old man. It's the sin that remains in you. It's the carnal nature. He is in you yet. And there's part of the warfare. And that's what I need to recognize. I need to recognize there is a traitor in my midst. I cannot trust myself. I have to trust the Word of God more than myself. I have to trust what God is speaking to me and His plan more than what I can see, feel, or think. That's what the Bible calls denying yourself. Not getting entangled with the affairs of this world because we've been called to be a soldier. Paul talks to Timothy, he says, Fight the good fight of faith. So here it is um, in James chapter four, verse one. From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even from your lust that war in your members? So he's saying there's something that's warring in you. So a lot of the problems you're having is what? Is because there's this warfare in you. You have a traitor. Let's hang him. The traitor always. Ha- you know there's a reader, There's a reason why traitors become traitors. There's usually money involved. Yeah. There's usually something motivating them. Well, it usually has something motivating to you. It's your life. But there's lust that work in you. There's things you might want, things you didn't get. And they bring all this stuff, but the word has to be translated. Am I rightly dividing the word? Am I exercising my senses? See now if not, I might, get, I might mistranslate a story. See, like Joseph. See, God's ways are not our ways. He, he allows things to take place that are totally out of my control. I mean, some, there's, I think it's in Romans. You know, he talks about if God, because he wants to show forth his mercy, actually hardens Pharaoh's heart. And through hardening Pharaoh's heart, how many Israelites were killed? How many years were they in bondage? But it says if God, by his mercy, wants to do that to show forth his glory, what's that to you? really none of your business we have been called to serve the king of kings because he's true and many times in our life there's a lot of stuff that goes on joseph joseph had some things well god had a purpose in joseph's life and there he is okay he ends up in potiphar's house and he's doing all the right stuff he's doing all the right stuff and many times we believe that we're doing all the right stuff what should you get a reward? Well, we're going to get one. We already got one. His name is Jesus Christ. More than we ever deserve in this world and that to come. But a lot of times we think, "Oh wow." Well, I mean, Joseph is doing everything right. God's with him. Potiphar's house is prospering. Mrs. Potiphar lies about him, and he ends up where in jail. Well, there was a warfare he's going to have to fight. I was doing everything right. How come? Well, again, this book. And the Spirit of God is giving us insight into warfare. And I believe we need to practice that. Because there's going to come times you're going to do everything right and be sold into the, in the, in the jail. You're going to do everything right and there's going to be things that happen that are out of your... I don't know whether they're totally like out of your control, but God allows things to take place, brings things to take place for His purpose to get done. And if we do not understand, we don't let this Word open our eyes to the real warfare... And the real warfare is just not letting God's will be done in our life. Then the traitor rises up in us, and lust and all kinds of other things rise up, and we miss, and it actually moves us away from God's purpose. So James talks about that traitor in our midst. Uh, second, First Peter, First Peter, chapter two, touches on it just a bit. Now, 1 Peter, chapter 2. Now, again, see, we, we don't rightly divide the Word of God and let it work in us. So most people would know chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Yes, hallelujah! that is 100% true. And that is a right thing. And thank God, thank the Lord Jesus Christ, that that is our calling by His mercy, His blood, and His forgiveness and resurrection. But the Bible goes on because he's left us here and not without a helper and not without a purpose and not without some aid to get something done, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God who has obtained mercy, but who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now, these wonderful calling, you kings and priests, those that have once far from God, knew nothing about the mercy of God, have been called together close to Him by the blood of Jesus Christ, and obtained mercy, what now is going to take place? Dearly beloved, I beseech you, I beg you, as strangers and pilgrims, do you see yourself as a stranger and a pilgrim? Many times we don't. With, I mean, we think our kingdom is in this world. My life is in this world. My, I'm the center. I've got to have these things. I don't see myself as a stranger and a pilgrim. It was one of the wonderful things about living in Vaughan. We knew we weren't there. Even though, no matter what, real things happened. But it was like, nah, this can't really be happening. This isn't. It's like you're playing. But we're, we're those strangers and pilgrims right here in America. Our real kingdom is in heaven. The real work that we're doing yet doesn't appear. But it's, it's easy to get caught up in not seeing ourselves as strangers and pilgrims. So, but as strangers and pilgrims, we might view ourselves a little bit differently. See, as strangers and pilgrims, what should we do? We should abstain from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. There are some things in you that war against you. There's are some things that war against you wanting to serve God. There are some things that war against you from building the kingdom. There are some things that war against you. And you know what? There are all the things you might not think about, but that are actually taking your life, not making enough money. What you do with your money, what you do with your time, wanting the new TV, wanting just to be... There's all this stuff that just... just We're not supposed to be concerned about that. We're supposed to be concerned with the kingdom of God. So there's a warring that wars against our soul. And there's lust. I mean, there's some big ones, you know. But you know, there's seven deadly sins. Six God hates. And the seventh is an abomination. If you look up in in Proverbs. Do you know that fornication and murder isn't named in those? Robbery isn't named in those? They're all having to do with personality characters, characteristics and things in our soul. Now, I'm not saying go commit murder. and not, not talking about that. But it's God wanting to change our perspective. God's wanting to change our personality, not, not, you know, pride, arrogance, one who goes around sowing division amongst the brethren. God hates that. Wow. Yeah. So there's some things that war against our soul, and we need to see that that's the warfare. Many times the things that war against our soul actually seem to be good. Okay, fixed bayonets, go over the top. Hey, Joe, why don't you stay here? Got a nice cup of coffee for you and a steak. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Well, I don't know why I can't be like everybody. Well, I don't know why, and I see... Those are things that are warring against your soul from not fulfilling God's purpose. Those are the things that have to be cast down, and if we don't understand it, we don't let this word of God actually come in me and weave in me. Then what I find is when those things start warring, after a while, I will draw back. That's one of the problems. With in Ephesians talks, uh, Hebrews talks about drawing back. Now let's turn to Hebrews chapter eleven. going to get to warfare. And again, I'm talking about there are certain things I believe, sometimes we just haven't grasped to the fullness that actually change me. Right. That say, not change me to the point to where, I, oh, I you know, I don't care if the machine gun shoots me or anything. There's a war, but I am grabbed hold of by someone else Paul says I want to apprehend that which I've been apprehended of Christ for there's something motivating me that's not me I have all these same temptations and weird things but I must come back and say these stories are what guides my life this instruction is what guides my life this is those other things war against my soul and they make me feel like this and oh I wish I could have had they make me a whiner they make me one that's unthankful. They make me one that draws back. Not someone who's pressing in and saying, yes, I am a, I have all these things, but I do have some things that war against my soul. But God. Now, if we don't let this Word of God, we don't walk in the revelation, we may only walk by kind of an, a, a natural illumination. Let me, let me explain that. In the, in the tabernacle, the tabernacle of Moses, in the outer courts there was, it was lit by natural light and there was, there, was, there was holy service that needed to be there the sacrifice was there, the labor was there, the washing was there, there was a natural light you could actually walk in some service to the Lord just with natural light well you didn't need a supernatural see that's why Jesus even says if I tell you natural things or earthly things and you don't understand them how can I tell you heavenly things now what was he talking about? Salvation salvation was in the outer court Natural light. You can get saved. Now, don't get too weird on me, but just that. It's not like, oh, wow. It is, oh, wow. But then Jesus actually is going to go on. And many times we actually think the spiritual things are the natural things, and the natural things are the spiritual things. We think, oh, this is really important. But what God wants to show us is in the the place where there is no natural light. Those are the things that God wants to speak to us. And those are the things that actually keep us. Those are the instructions that bring produce into our life. And the things that were in the the ark of the covenant were things that made produce, manna, sustained life, and every day was there the Aaron's rod that budded; it was life. But you would well, what did they what did they murmur against? Manna, never murmured about what was in the natural court. The rod that budded authority. No, now that's a little bit okay. Where are we going with this? Re- walking in the revelation of God. So in, and once you had the outer court, then you went into the inner court. Now, that was covered. But there still wasn't, like, the glory of God lighting the place. It was lit with candles. It was a, an illumination, an artificial illumination, but not necessarily spiritual, if you would, for lack of a better word. But you needed artificial light, and that was good. Many times we can walk in those places with some revelation. But the only reason those courts were there was to have the inner courts where God dwelt. And if you don't have the inner court, the rest of it doesn't make any sense. Now, they only went in once a year, but in that inner court was a thing that God was there, the life of God was producing there. And it was only lit by the glory, the Shekinah glory of God. And that's why when we get to heaven, we're not going to need any natural light. We're not going to need any candles because the Lamb is going to be the light of that city. We need to walk in His light. There is a place to walk with candles. There is a place to walk in natural light. And each one of those in our lives we have all three of those working but the one that should really keep us is the glory of God that actually lets me walk properly natural light and artificial light because I have a hope that goes behind the veil so we need the revelation see if not some of the natural stuff can get kind of old don't know why I might forget that I'm a stranger and I might want to build my own kingdom here My own life, my own ideas. I have some things I'd like to do. Well, those are the things that the Bible talks about having to deny ourselves of. Because, like I said, the reason, there there is a God. You know, sometimes it's easy to forget there really is a God. I mean, you can sit and think, you know, we really forget, you know, there's a God. And He has a purpose. And He really did send His Son. And, you know, there really is a warfare. There really is a devil. And there really are enemies of God right here. And I can't trust myself. And so the, the, now God gives us the revelation saying here's the light of the Word. Now, Many times I don't think we, act, we trust our own light rather than the, the, the revelation of Scripture. Yeah. Um, Hebrews 11. Let's start in verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things... This is where God seems to be big on. God seems to be big on hiding things from us. They're always... You know, it says God is hidden in the clouds. God is hidden in great darkness there was a crowd surrounding Jesus but the women pressed through and there's you know he seems to be a, he was a man acquainted with sorrows and grief. You have to kind of want to put up with a lot of stuff to get close to Jesus. He always spoke in parables. And they said, "Why are you hiding these things?" Well, and then Proverbs says it's the glory of God. No, it's the Yeah, the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to find it out. Why doesn't God just tell me plainly? I don't know, but he doesn't. He seems to want us to press in and actually grab some things by faith. So the things that are not seen. Now, if you start seeing some things, I don't mean just seeing them. I believe that has a greater connotation of like feeling them, apprehending something you can like really sink your natural. I see this, man. I know this to be true. He's not going to deal with you on those terms. The faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. We have been called to a, an unseen kingdom. We have been called to walk as strangers and pilgrims and look like vagabonds in this earth because we're saying built, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God and you're not going to find it by seeing, by understanding, and it's, that's why God gives us faith. And then the revelation it says, I apprehend something that I don't see. And what comes against that is everything that you see, everything that you feel, everything that you reason, everything and even some natural light stuff. See, you, If you stay just in the natural light, you never go in to have your sins forgiven. If you stay in the natural light, you'll never go in and have worship. You stay in... So sometimes that's why Paul says, leaving those things which are behind, let us press towards the mark. Thank God for those things. Let's look back on them. Let's call, that's a foundation. But God is calling us he wants to reveal some heavenly things to us, but it's going to have to be. You know what? There's some things I need to leave behind. For the high priest would go into that holy of holies. He need to consecrate himself. Need to leave some things behind and go in. Same thing for us. For by it, by what? By faith. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. It means they had to leave some things behind. I, Ishmael, Isaac left some things behind. Noah left some things behind. Abraham, David, all these men and women of faith that this, this is going to be talking about, but he lays the foundation of what that means to us. So here God is now giving us a revelation. He goes, we now are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses in the following chapter it talks about. And it says these, these, that we now have been given... A, God has prepared some better thing for us than them. Through faith we understand. Now again, we'll come back to that. There's some things that need to be foundationally understood that say yes, amen, that's it. I am not moving from this point. If I die, I die. If I never see it, I never see it. And that's what it's about at the end of Hebrews. These all died in faith. Not receiving the promise. But they embraced it afar off and God says, that's what I I have a good... i tell that's what i'm looking for otherwise we could be like lot looking only at natural light i think i'll go here well why because i think this and i think this and i've learned some no 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 if your foundation is removed there are certain things that war against your soul i think i can make some money i think i can do this i don't think i need to i think i i don't know what all those things war against your soul hang the traitor Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Now, do we understand that? See, many times we think it's circumstances. We think it's people. We think it's this. We th- no, no, no. I must come to this revelation. By faith we understand. Now, that's why you know, many times we don't understand. Because we're not walking by faith. We're just, well, and that's the warfare. You need to rise in faith. Gideon. I was thinking about Gideon a lot this week. See, when God comes to Gideon, God says to Gideon, Gideon, you mighty man of faith, rise up. I want to deliver. And what was Gideon's response? Well, Gideon was rehearsing to God how God had forsaken them and all these bad things. And everything Gideon said was true. We're overtaken by the Midianites. I'm, I'm the youngest in my family. Look at me. I'm just, I'm, trying, I'm just hiding here. I'm scared to death. I just want to make some wheat. Just leave me alone. And the Israelites all backslidden. All this is happening. We're full of... Everything he said was true. You know, God didn't care at all. He didn't say, Wow, you know, I didn't realize that. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, yeah, we better... God wasn't looking at that. You, God and you are not looking at the same thing. And so God's going to say, Gideon... Get up and do this. The things that God usually puts in your life seem to be to me anyway are the most ridiculous things in the world. Now, if God wants to wipe out the Midianites, why didn't he just smite them? Well, that's not see, you're not walking by faith. You're walking by laziness. I wish God would just do it and, you know, let me have the hammock here. You know, I'm just sitting on the hammock and just worshiping God, hallelujah, hallelujah, Isn't this great. Everything I touch just, you know, works out fine. Well, Gideon has to go through this whole deal. Knocks over the idol in his father's house, and they do this, and they do that. Then he finally gets up the nerves. He's got, I don't know, thousands of guys, and God says, that's too many people. Have you ever been there? You're doing too well. Let me, let me help you. And then he finally, okay, you, they were like grasshoppers, and sometimes you got like grasshoppers, have you ever been? Oh, that's what it talks about in, in Psalms. Um, what's that Psalm that says, um, "Why do the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing?" There's, you know, um, talks about the enemies of God. Is it Psalms three? Maybe Psalms two? I think you're right. Yeah, it's a good one. But see, if I don't, if I never come to the place of realizing that's God talking to me. See, I remember Jim used to preach out of Romans 1, 2, and 3 sometimes to us. And he finally, you know, he said, if you don't come to the place that Romans is talking to you, you're never going to understand what God's doing. See, if it's always something else if you can't recognize that you are God's enemy in the natural, there is in your flesh dwells no good thing. In your flesh, no matter how much study, no matter how much reading, no matter what you do, no matter how much you fast and pray, your carnal mind is always going to hate God, resist God, never going to be able to be trained to love God, and you're always going to have to walk by faith. And faith has always got to be moved from glory to glory and faith to Faith because what you see, you can't hope for. And if you see it, you don't have to exercise faith for it. And many times we don't want to be pushed anymore. We don't want to be strangers. We want to settle down in Sodom and Gomorrah. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth are set themselves against rulers, uh, take counsel against the Almighty. There's one more. Yeah. Yeah. How are they, oh, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? That's the one I was looking for. How, have you ever just, while they were yet talking about Job, while he was yet speaking, the other guy came in and said, and your, your kids are dead too. Have you ever wondered, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. And what does it say? There's no help for you in God. It's all going to fail. You're not going to be able to do it. Don't even try anymore. How are they increased that troubled me? Many that say of my soul, there's one of those things that war against us. There's no help for God. It won't work. Uh, well, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to break your pitcher and uh, hold up a torch, and um, that's the way you're going to get rid of those hundreds and thousands of Midianites. I don't believe it. I can't. I know. Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it doesn't work? That's not up to you. It's up to God to perform what He wants to do. But it's up to us to exercise faith. So many times there's things that are increased against us that say there is no help for you and God. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things that are seen are made up of things that don't appear. Gideon, I know you're seeing all of these things. No concern of mine because that's not really what's going on. If we're only looking at the outward, if we're only looking by what I can understand or what I can see, then I will fall far short of what God has and I will only be able to go back to myself. But we understand that the things that are seen, you're going to see some things. See, God doesn't protect us from seeing these things. We saw the tree and it was good to eat. We saw Goliath and he was big. We saw the city of Jerusalem burnt to the ground and Nehemiah said, let's rebuild it. They had to believe something that they couldn't see. So the Word of God gives us the ability, the stories that we rehearse, the stories that we tell, the Word that's spoken is saying, I want to give you something that doesn't appear. The things that are seen are made up of things that don't appear. Now Job, talking about spiritual warfare, if you were to be a doctor, or you would come to Job, you would look at Job, and there was lots of physical things that you saw. You saw his family was destroyed. His wealth was destroyed. His children were gone. He had saw boils all over his body. And the doctor would say, hey, Boy, that's what that is. Do you need this There would be things that he would see. But the revelation of Job was there were things that were seen were made up of things that didn't appear. That's why Job's response was so mind-blowing. He fell down and worshipped. Why? Because it was not in response to what he saw. It was in response to what did not appear. The answer is not going to appear. And that's the faith that God has called us to. And that's where the warfare is. Jesus was in the same way. Pilate says to him, Don't you understand I can kill you? Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. Where's your kingdom? Where's your life? Is it in what you see? Is it in all those things that I'll take your life, you cut your down, your disciples are no good. Church, all those things are things that I've seen. And you will see. And many times, Daniel and the lions, and what did he see? Hungry lions. Yeah. Hungry lions. Now, I think that guy had some, you know, I don't know why he didn't have a heart attack. I mean, one like, oh, uh, he's, I think there was like sweating. and Oh, my goodness. You know, he maybe tried to fall asleep and there was a lion. There was a, why didn't God just kill the lions? I don't know why but he puts us though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death I have to train my soul to fear no evil but we have to come to the place the things that we see are made up of things that don't appear and when we hear the things that don't appear you know what they're going to sound like to you? Foolishness and then you're going to know you're close to God because it's through the foolishness of preaching Paul you're crazy no I'm not crazy Jesus, don't you know I can kill you? My kingdom is not of this world. And again, if my kingdom was of this world, see, if all I was interested in maintaining what my life, and we take we take you on right now, we'd win. But just like Joseph, sometimes God is moving us towards this point, and it looks like we're going this way. Jesus, the Son of God, at the end of his life. What does Isaiah said? We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and written off. We said, oh, that was, they laughed him to mocked him on the cross. They said, "If you be, they didn't understand the things that didn't appear. They only looked at those things that were seen. But when we see these things, we've got to understand that the world are made up of things that don't appear. And that's why this is given to us. And it's given to us to have to practice these things. And those things have to begin to be grasped. So there's things that have to be woven into our life and understood. Otherwise, we start to unfray and then our own lives start taking over. Now, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So certain things that have to be rehearsed over and over again, like I'm saying in talking this week, I see that certain things we maybe just don't understand real well, or haven't really grasped or practiced enough, to where we actually start living our life by sight. By, it could be natural light. I mean, Gideon was there and he was doing the best he could, but it wasn't like this this overwhelming exercise of faith. It wasn't really bringing the kingdom. It was just living kind of like, well, I see this and I feel this and I know this and I realize it and I'm putting all these facts together and therefore. And then God is going to say, get up and go knock over. the." T-. Well, I'm not going to do that. that just, Peter, drop your nets. Follow me. Well, I don't, I don't. There comes a pattern in all these men and women of God that when they, they took by faith and they let these principles work in them, and it changed their life. Abraham, come here. Noah, do this. Nehemiah. Now, if we don't let that vision change me, change me, change me in a real way, then I'm always fighting against these little things that, well, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to build a wall, and that's why it says, well, let, me, let me, forget Corinthians there for a minute, Ephesians, I'll just read it in verse chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. There is a vocation or a call or an occupation that we have been called to and we are to walk worthy of that. When, they were, when the people of God came back with Nehemiah to rebuild the wall, there was a lot of things that were seen that came up. And the answer to some of those things were real answers. This is what you have to do. This is what you have. To, and if we do not understand that, what our my calling is, if I realize, don't realize, and keep my eyes on the Father's message, when Pilate says, "Don't you realize I can kill you?" Well, yeah, you know, I guess he can. I better uh, do something about that. I'm a, and we can actually go two ways. We can just wuss out like Gideon, or we get actually all oh, my kingdoms here, when we'll fight you. And neither way of those is correct. What's correct is practicing God's Word, even though it may look like failure. Jesus looks like a failure. Even today, if you look at the church, my that's because you're not, you're not walking by the revelation of God. You're walking by natural light. So we are called by, to a vocation. We're to walk worthy of that. If we're called to a vocation, it means that I must take on a certain vocational thinking. So when here in Nehemiah, they had, to, they had to work this way. They had to work that way. They had to obey these things. And these things became a way of life. And that's why I'm saying order in God is important because what it does is it begins to train you and keep you. That's, I mean, the world knows that. In, in military, they wake up every morning at 4.30. They do the same thing. You make your bed. you Why? Because when you don't feel like doing it, it gets done anyway. You've learned it. But if we have never embraced those things as truth, then, well, man, I don't, want, I don't want to build the wall today, and I'll tell you why. I know why. We're not interested. You're, you're looking at things that are seen. We must look at things that don't appear. And this is what needs to change our lives. That's why, yeah, the warfare is really against your own thoughts. It's against those things that, now let's turn to Second Corinthians. And you need to hear the word. See, we need to hear those stories. And the word of God is going to come and divide. It's going to. We're going to be a workman that studies itself. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. I need to say, Oh, I've exercised. I know the story that you're telling me. That I understand. I will do it. Actually, had someone tell me, you know, why do you always have to basically talk like Jesus when you're talking to me? I said, Well, I, you know, I guess we could all go out and smoke dope, or I mean. But if we, if we lose the foundation, what else would I be able to tell you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I really understand. Yeah, you have a bad life. It's a bad deal. You better just go, you know, let's just do the best we can. No. If I do that, where, where would we go? So there's got to be a place to where when we hear the Word of God, ah, I'm going to exercise that. And I'm learning, I'm exercising my, my now. I'm, I'm able to discern good and evil. Not just like, okay, that's a good thing, but I'm talking about in, in the Lord. And that comes through training. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now, that is a true statement. I want us to... I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. It means that we're not motivated by the flesh or the, the world system of things. But our warfare really is here in the flesh, if you understand what I mean. See, I mean, the wall didn't get built just because, oh, I think I'll just, you know, spiritually... The, Things actually, I have, one of the great things of our, one of the great things, one of the great weapons of our warfare we see in Job was the worship of God. Psalms um, 149, I'll just read that, Psalms 149, it's important to understand what, there's a reason we're here in the body. Psalms 149. Praise ye the Lord. Sing songs. Sing unto the Lord a new song for his praises in the and his praises in the congregation. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them praise with a cymbal and harp. The Lord takes pleasure in His people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory and let them sing loud upon their bed. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people. To bind up the kings with chains and the nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written, This honor has all the saints." One of the great weapons of our warfare is the praise and thanksgiving. And it says this is an honor. And it's, it's usually the last one we go for. Yeah. Yep. I'll fight it. I'll do it. I'll, Job said, I'll worship the Lord. See, he understood where he was, what he was looking at. Now, the, the ultimate form of worship, see, because we can make anything a formula and just, you know, shine it on. But usually there's a spiritual and a physical that need to come together and it's called the kingdom of God here in this earth no, I'm just praising God but you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing that's baloney yeah. Romans chapter 12 lets us know the highest form of worship that, is being, that God is wanting is this one and it's the one we always fall short on because it's things that war against our soul. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living form of worship, a living sacrifice. That's why there's certain things that we must learn to do. There's certain things I have to learn to like according to the vocation that God has called me to. There's certain things that I naturally don't like, I have to like. There's certain things that I have to just adapt my life to well I don't like that then you are not worshipping God I don't care how much oh praise the Lord God says I want this done Peter says I'm not rising and killing and eating I've never done that and I don't know you Peter feed my sheep that's what I want you to do see there's always going to be these things that war against our soul but what the actual thing is God then is instructing us he's putting us in the church in Ephesians 4 giving us a vocation saying children this is soldiers men and women of God this is what you're supposed to do and once the, if, that, if that, we just put up with it and never let that become in, in my life I don't see that as God then it does not become part of me it's not woven in me and my life is not changed and I am not presenting my body a living sacrifice Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable form of worship. So, yes, I believe we need to be praising God and singing and thanksgiving. And with that, I need to be obeying what God has set before me. Go in there and knock that idol down. I want you to do that. I like you to do that. I want you. Okay. And when the doing, it's through the doing that it becomes part of our life. And I realize, oh, that's okay. And I'm changing. See, it wasn't just. Drop your nets and follow me. Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, I heard the Lord. Now I'm out there fishing. You would have missed it. There has to be a hallelujah, praise God, and a hallelujah, praise God. I don't do this anymore. I now do this. I don't think like this anymore. I like this. I think, and my, for lack of a better word, my habits are changed. My goal is changed. And after the someone said something in the Wednesday night meeting and it was one of those things that hit me in, in the head like that and I, I think on things like this sometimes it takes a while years for them to get to where they. So sometimes you know we don't all like the same things you know my natural man goes yeah yeah I guess that's right so we, can, then we tend to gravitate towards things people who like the same things yeah 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 you know I think that's, a, that's, that's good you know what that means to me we should all start liking to do the same things that's right. That's right. oh you mean I'd have to change Oh, you mean that's kind of like Romans 12? Not just, oh, yeah, well, I just hang around there because of... there's a reason God puts you in families. There's a reason God puts you in church. There's a reason because He wants to teach you a certain way that's needful for you to be changed. And the only way I can be changed is to be changed. I didn't know why, you know, when I got saved, I, I tell us a lot why, the, you know, why Jim Durkin wasn't some skinny guru looking guy. I needed to be changed. I needed to adapt something. I had some warfare in my mind that needed. I needed to be set free of. And God prepared a body, just like He prepared a body with Jesus. And He prepared and said, here, this is who I want you to be like. Yeah, but you don't understand. I am this and that, and that and that and that. I don't care about those things. I have a purpose for you. I want your body a living sacrifice. And then I want you to praise me too. So the warfare is... We walk in the flesh. Well, we walk in the flesh, but we don't wear after flesh. Well, that's true. But I deal with the things in the flesh, and it's through dealing with those things, it's obeying the spiritual word with the natural body that produces the kingdom of God. Having the natural body, God breathed into the natural body. The spirit comes in, and the soul is made. I believe the same thing as here we got the spiritual word and now if I start to practice this, I will find my life being changed. I'll find principles going on in my life over and over and over again and they keep me and I'm fighting the good fight of faith. So we have a traitor in our midst. There's things that war against the soul. You have lust that says we've sustained from those things. But when we hear the word of God, it needs to be Boing. yes that's that's the word of God I, I amen whatever it takes then at that point I'll do whatever it needs to be done I'm finding my life changed into the image of Jesus Christ not my image of Jesus Christ but what he wants to direct into us amen all right praise the Lord Lord Jesus your kingdom come and your will be done we thank you for the forgiveness by your blood, and the righteousness by your resurrection. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.